Hello and welcome back to The Andrew Haynes Show. In today's episode, we sat down with Mitch Reed, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Louisville City FC, having worked for the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Georgia Swarm, and the Alliance of American Football. Mitch is a seasoned sports veteran and it was a pleasure to have on the show today. We hope you enjoy. Support for The Andrew Haynes Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AGH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code AGH. Your balls will thank you. Well, I'm excited, you know, for our guest today. He's been, you know, in the NBA. He's been... uh, had a stint in arena football, which will be uh, fun. Um, you know, been in minor league baseball a little bit. Um, the Alliance of American Football, you know, and uh, USL and and killing it. He's in Louisville. He's the vice president of sales and marketing. His name is Mitch Reed. How are you, Mitch? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me, man. Well, I... I'm really, you know, intrigued with your background and I've, you know, we've been connected on LinkedIn, I think probably for a few years and I've kind of been following um, kind of some of your, your jumps and, you know, we were talking beforehand about some of the, the people that, that we know in common and it's, uh, there's a ton of them out there uh, when you've been in it as long as we have. So I'd love for you to kind of just go through um, your, your sports background, you know, start off where you went to school and kind of your, your journey from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, way back then, you know, I'm, I'm from Indiana, uh, grew up, you know, near Muncie, Indiana, uh, and um, went to Ball State University um, way back before, you know, kids today could have these really nice sports management, sports marketing, you know, careers. Um, I wanted to be, you know, here you go, show me the money, Andrew, right? I wanted to be Jerry Maguire. I wanted to be a sports agent. And, uh, you know, still one of my favorite movies of all time is Jerry Maguire. And um, that's, you know, I was like, wow, that you could, you could do that as a career and work in professional sports, you know, kind of like what, what kids, um, you know, kind of learn now. But back then we had to kind of build it on our own. So, um, you know, pre-law kind of, you know, looked at that and kind of looked at all these different things. But, but ultimately I ended up um, creating my own sports marketing degree. So I got a business degree in marketing um, and then I got an athletic administration degree. So, you know, certified to be an athletic director at, you know, any, any type of level with a little bit, you know, back then it was like, you get the athletic director, you get a touch on sports law, you get a touch on marketing, a little, very little sales uh, where most jobs are, right. Um, You know, for people starting out. and even a little bit of physical science, you know, that, you know, to be an athletic trainer, you know, start, you know, start on that path. So not really as specified as, as what they, um, you know, probably learned today specifically. So um, that's. Did you, did you play, you play sports at all? Um, you know, growing up basketball, track and field, those were, those were my two, two main sports. Um, I was uh um, you know, kind of try a trial, you know, I was on the golf team one year, okay. uh, did a little stint on the baseball team, cross country track, basketball, real small school, no football. Um, my mother, um, 
was one of those like uh, helicopter moms, you know, so like if I was going to get hurt, she wanted me not to do it. Uh, so then I wanted to do it even more. I was like, yeah. you know, how can I, you know, I go to the school that doesn't have a football team. How can I go to the school with a football team? Like, what, is there a class I can take over there and, <laughs> right. and, and qualify so I can play football? But uh, just wasn't, you know, just wasn't. Um, you know, an option for me, but the hoops was my thing, you know, basketball, growing up with a kid in Indiana, you learn how to shoot a hoop before, you know, your second lesson is grow corn. And then, you know, you learn the rest of the life skills out there. Um, so that was, you know, that was, you know, kind of my upbringing, um, was great at ball state. I did, I did five internships while I was there, um, just trying to figure it out. Um, so I worked, uh, for the Toledo mud hens, um, you know, the AAA affiliate for the Tigers it was a great summer there working for, uh, some great people, probably one of, um, the most successful, you know, uh, AAA teams that's out there. Um, so I worked there, I worked in the athletic department at Ball State, um, you know, doing promotions, marketing, learning some sales. Um, and I'll, and I'll touch on a little bit how that was a really cool experience while I was there. Um, worked for the Indiana Pacers, um. And the Big Ten uh, did work to be, you know, the Big Ten used to alternate between Indianapolis and Chicago, go to the United Center, and then go to what was Conseco Fieldhouse uh, back then. And the first year that they held the Big Ten basketball tournament there um, with Michael Red and um, I think Scooney Penn was on that team, or they had a really good team. And Ohio State was really stacked, and they ended up winning that uh, that tournament. But that first year, I worked, you know, just selling merchandise. Uh, you know, for a company, you know, it, it was, it was crazy, like hours we had to work, but you know, whatever I could do to be a part of it. Um, so, so I did it. And then I, uh, was the marketing director my last year of college for a triathlon, um, in my hometown. So, you know, going out selling sponsorships and things like that. So, but you know, what really sold it for me, wanting to get on the business side and really, you know, energize me when I was working in the athletic department at Ball State, um, this was, you know, early, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, right? And so there were some schools um, that, you know, thought that selling sponsorships around college athletics was, you know, taboo, I guess, if you will. It was, you know, taking advantage of amateur athletes and, and all these things, which today uh, couldn't be couldn't be more opposite from how college athletics. Where can we athletics. put a logo? Where can yeah, we put a logo? Yeah, right. It couldn't be more, you know, but, but there was, a, you know, an older president who'd been there for a long time, had traditions, and an older athletic director who was, you know, who was transitioning to retirement, both, both cases. Um, and new people were coming in. So we had a, a gentleman from uh, Notre Dame, uh, come in. And if you know anything about Notre Dame, they're very good at selling licensing and logos and, and monetizing uh, values. And then a new president that was, hey, we can, you know, we can really generate some revenue for the university changing the game here. So my two bosses that I worked for, Cal Kufal um, and uh, Todd, um, were like, they were promotions guys and marketing guys, and they had some relationships, but like selling all these new sponsorships was, you know, was was a crazy task for two guys who were more promotions promotions driven um and we this is this is so old school like today you have the digital you know sideline boards these were old vinyl that rotated on a clock it was like a, you know it's like yeah. these big vinyl sheets um and you put this you know the sponsor sticker on it uh we had 90 of those uh we had you know between the two sides of the basketball court uh that we were getting installed and um you know 
a lot of inventory to sell. And so, um, you know, those guys really, I had done a really good job selling program ads uh, for the football. They said, hey kid, you're probably not gonna sell anything, but we got 90 of these things and I don't think, you know, we need some help here. So, so basically what I did is, you know, I just started making cold calls um, and sending, you know, I just started faxing, you know, fax machine, right? Kids, you know, if younger kids are listening to this, they're gonna be like, what's a fax machine? So I was faxing contracts to people, just faxing them. It was like, hey, here you go. We're gonna, we're gonna put, you know, put you down for one of these and just faxing contracts with some tickets, you know? And literally like, you know, I'd make a call and be like, hey, did you get our fax? Like, yeah, yeah, we're interested. And you know, I sold I sold quite I sold quite a few back in the day, right? So, um, so and then, that was and then, maybe pre-email, you know? Oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Email was email was yeah email was rough back then, you know. Um, so it, I mean, so that's that's kind of how I got started. And I just fell in love with that. I was like, wow, this is pretty sweet. Like I can go out here and you know um, you know hustle and you know make yeah. connections and talk to people and and actually nice rush. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I made no commission. It was just, it was just, it was just cool. And, and, and you know, and the instincts and that was what, you know, kind of energized me. And so I did that for a couple of years. And then when I graduated, interviewed, um, you know, kind of all over the, all over the country for all these different inside sales programs. And you had the NBA sales combine and you had all these, all these things. And um, ultimately um, it came back to a relationship I had when I was with the Toledo Mud Hens. Um, the guy who was in, in charge of the internship program, Joe Barbarito, um, had left the Mud Hens and went down to Macon, Georgia, and was working in the AF too. Um, I was like, hey, I need some salespeople. You did a good job. You know, why, why we were there? And he hired me. So I, you know, didn't know a thing about Georgia. Uh, you know, growing up in Indiana for 20, you know, 23, 24 years. I packed everything in my little two-door Sunfire, and uh, we we went we went 700 miles south, um, away from helicopter mom, where she couldn't you know, uh, you know. Keep How did she like she, that? You uh, weren't that far away. You know, I think they were proud. I think they were proud that like you know, like you know, it's just such a small town. Got his first people, job. And yeah, he got like, his first uh, job. He's working in sports. How cool! He's moving to another state. I mean, it just doesn't. Um, you know, there's just it, it, where I grew up. A lot of people just don't make it out of the you know out of yeah. there. Right. And, yeah. and um, you know, with the humble beginnings, you know, at times in my life where, you know, I didn't know where I was going to sleep the next night. You know, we just I mean, it was tough, like, you know, yeah. foreclosing on houses, single moms, right, trying to raise two kids, doing two jobs. I mean, it was it was tough. But I, but, you know, through those struggles, yeah, it had its toll on, you know, on me, you know, as a kid. And I didn't have things that other people had and had a different lifestyle. I learned some key, you know, um, fundamental characteristics about working hard um, and getting the job done and doing things the right way and, and uh, taking care of your family and, and those sorts of things. So it's one of the things that motivated me too. Yeah. I mean, similar, I didn't have much growing up and it's like, I, I wanted stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that it gave me, it gave me a good motivation. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, even in high school, I was, you know, I was working, you know, I'd, I'd have basketball practice and then I'd go to work you know, and work at, you know, fast food place, you know, um, you know, on, you know, on off nights or, you know, on nights when we didn't have a game and I'd work and I'd close the place down, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night and then go to school the next morning. And, you know, if, if, you know, we didn't have practice on Sunday, you didn't have any practice or games on Sunday, I worked all day, you know, I put in an eight, 10 hour day, um, you know, as a high school kid, you know, so, it was just, you know, it was just a grind. And I think that stuck with me. And I think, um, 
you know, people that I've worked with will say, yeah, you know, that's, you know, he, he brought that, you know, kind of, kind of grind mentality, um, you know, throughout, you know, throughout his work ethic as a salesperson. So, you know, internship, you know, with the mud hens leads to job as a sales executive, uh, making $19,000 plus commission in, in beautiful Macon, Georgia. Do you remember uh, who the head coach was then? Uh, Mike Hold was the head coach. Okay. And his wife, Nicole, right? Yeah. Nicole. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, know, I was wondering if it was, I, cause I know he was there like a year or two. I thought I couldn't remember how long he was there. Yeah. Yeah. He had come in. It was his first year, Mike Hold. And then okay. uh, he brought in Derek Stingley, you know, some great, uh, you know, great, great guys. Both of them, um, enjoyed, enjoyed working with them. I wish we, you know, were a little bit more successful while I was there, but, uh, you know what those guys got me involved in Advocare. There, there you go. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. <laughs> it was Absolutely. He was down there. Yeah. Yeah. I got some, I got some spark right here. You know, I'll oh, do that's still, still good. to this, that still is to this day, stuff. man. Got to get my aminos to keep me, keep me, keep me juice throughout the day. I made some so. money with that. Did you? Good yeah. for you. <laughs> I used it. I used it because, you know, I was, you know, you know, just trying to, you know, get in shape. I didn't really yeah. try to try to push the business, you know, the, 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 I did yeah. both. I, but yeah, Spark was always, we always had that stuff. I, I haven't in a few years now, but, um, but yeah, that stuff's good. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, a small world, right? Like so we when you were selling that. for making, were you selling just tickets? Was it, you know, partnerships, kind of everything? Yeah. A little bit of everything, right? Small organization, which was great for me to learn. Um, you know, I came in and, you know, I sold, you know, season ticket packages crushed it. Right. Uh, so, you know, group tickets did, did really well, better than everybody else that was there and kind of, you know, solidified myself as a, as a leader on the sales team. Um, and then there was opportunities to sell some sponsorships and, and I did that, you know, I I'd had a little bit of experience, you know, before, right. Coming out of college, you know, it was a little bit different, you know, we did the, the industry grown up two years, you know, technology <laughs> changes in two years. We now had email, but it was getting a little more sophisticated. So less faxing and more emailing and cold calling, um, to sell some sponsorship deals. And I, I think I closed like 12 new sponsors, uh, that we didn't have before. And, you know, I was like, wow, I can sell, I can package in season tickets and still sell season tickets, but then I'm making a lot more money because I'm selling, you know, uh, some, some advertising, some sponsorship here. So, so I did that and, you know, generated a ton of new sponsors. Um, you, you know how it is in the arena football league, you got to feed the players and you're always looking for food yep. partners. And I, gotta I got a couple trade, got to get some trade, but I, you know, I even, you know, I don't know if, if they saw this coming, but I even got some cash out of them, right. Some trade nice. cash, you know, combinations, which, which is unheard of. So, uh, but that, that was great. And I spent, you know, almost 12 months there until, um, I got a call from a gentleman by the name of Jeff Miranda. Um, who was the uh, vice president of sales uh, for the Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Thrashers, Phillips Arena, uh, just up the road. He and I had a great conversation, um, and um, which led me to a second phone call with Tiffany Daniels and um, had two phone calls with them and then started with the Atlanta Hawks literally a month later um, in September of 2004. Did um, they, did you know them or was that just you applied and... Yeah, just applied, you know, okay. old, old teamwork online. So shout out to Buffy there. Team, teamwork uh, was around then too? It, it was, it was early, it was early okay. stages. So, you know, there's less resumes now. If you put a job out, you got 5,000 resumes to, oh, to sort through. So, um, but yeah, applied on teamwork um, and, uh, and got the job and started on the group sales team um, in 2004. Um, it was an awesome experience, you know, you know, being a hoops guy, 
you know, opportunity to work in the NBA. We'd won, you know, 13 games. So we weren't the best team, but you know, look, I'm, I'm working my dream job. So for hey, me, it's like, you're in the door of the NBA now. Exactly. And, um, you know, started and then, um, you know, we, um, took that team from being one of the, you know, worst, I guess, in business and sales operations and NBA to one of the, one of the leaders, um, you know, over the next 10, 10 years while I was there, you know, starting at the entry level, um, that grind mentality, that hustle, you know, every day coming in and, 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 and being the top end calls, you know, you know, for, you know, five plus years, I'd make 80 to hundred calls a day. Um, yeah. Man, and just, sucks. And, but <laughs> Then next, you know, it comes with that, all the sales, right? And so it was hitting sales numbers that never been hit in in the organization, Um, especially in a group sales environment where, you know, people think it's only cheap tickets. I'm selling corporate groups. I'm selling a lot of high high dollar inventory. Um, And uh, we took it and we we eventually, you know, and and then Denise came in, which I know she was a guest, you know, previously. Uh, Denise, Chris Zaber, uh, you know, I was was fortunate enough, you know, Jeff Rander was great, but there was an entire overhaul um, of the leadership team, Brenda Donahue, um, you know, came in, Chris Zaber came in, Denise, oh, sick right. well, I forgot Brendan was there. He's, Cause he's over the NBA 2k, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, worked with some great people. And then, you know, from there, um, you know, a lot of us, uh, us young, you know, up and comers kind of, you know, helped build one of the, one of the best sales cultures in, in all of the NBA and sports. So, uh, it was fun. And then, um, you know, and then I, I jetted for Cleveland for a five-year stay, uh, pre-LeBron part two, and then LeBron came back. And so that was fun. Um, did a lot of great things in Cleveland. Uh, and then, um, you know. What is the, like I see it, your VP of franchise operations, business development. What exactly is that? Yeah, so it got to a point in Cleveland where, you know, look, you, you have LeBron James. Let's 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 be honest. He drives a lot of the revenue. So you you create a really good strategy. You try to stretch the rubber band as far as you can and, and yield out, um, you know, every dollar you can to maximize revenue. But you just flip the switch and it kind of goes. And so for me, you know, hustle, grind, build mentality. I'm like, okay, I need I need some more. I need something else. Like, what, where else can I go and put my efforts in and invest time? Um, to help, you know, some business operations and, and maybe, you know, um, train some people up, work on recruiting, developing and, and help uh, the organization so that there's more long term stability in some other areas. So what I did is a very unique role uh, in the organization. I was kind of a part of everything we had. So I was I, you know, um, I was still on the cap side and, and kind of making sure that our, um, you know, entry level development, recruitment, training, uh, process was really strong. So our entire inside sales team, you know, on the cab side, training, developing, you know, kind of the pipeline for the entire organization though then. So I moved into a role where, uh, you know, overseeing business operations for the monsters. Um, so our AHL team, um, helping out with our G League team, um, and then kind of anything else we were, you know, we were kind of doing at that point. So gave me a, a much wider scope, but, you know, I, I had a conversation with Kerry Rubles one time and He's like, we just can't have, you know, we just can't get a players, you know, at all positions, you know, in the organization. So we always have really good talent on the Cavs side, but, you know, it's like, you know, we just, we're just like, we're missing something. I was like, this is the greatest, you know, this is one of the greatest organizations I've ever worked for. And, you know, at that point, the best, this is the best culture. Like, yes, we can. 
Um, so that was my goal was try to, you know, raise the talent level across, uh, across the organization and all, all places, recruit great people really hard, um, give them the tools they need and let them go be successful. And then obviously the, you know, monetary rewards would come with that. What like kind of was going through your mind in the decision when you decided to leave there and go to the Alliance? Like, yeah. you know, cause the, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, you know, he's, he's a VP in the NBA, you know, like, you know, I, at that point, I think, you know, Cleveland's in the finals, mm-hmm. you know, a, f- a few years in a row. Right. Yeah. Um, like, is it just like, Hey, you're ready for a new challenge or what was it about that opportunity that really appealed to you? It's uh, I go back to the grind and build mentality, you know, here is, an opportunity um, for a new, you know, football league, spring football league, um, has a lot of great people, you know, kind of surrounding it. Um, obviously, we didn't know about the financial troubles we'd, we'd hit, but if you if you didn't think that was possible, then you had your head yeah. in the sand. Um, but entrepreneurial uh, opportunity to be part of something from the very beginning to build it. Um, you know, I was the first one of the first 100 employees of the Alliance of American Football, um, and you know, to be able to go out and and to build it from scratch was awesome. Um, you know, talk about things you're going to learn um, that you wouldn't learn in a position, you know, like like I was in, right? Like, where's our office going to be? You know, what's it need to look like? Right. Very high level things you you take for granted. Really? I mean, I mean, yeah, but you know, going through those processes, you know, meeting with, meeting with, you know, the mayor's office and the mayor and, you know, like just having a seat at the table at at shaping what that, you know, that organization could look like. Um, And a chance to go back to Atlanta, which my wife and I love. Uh, That's where we met. And, um, you know, it gets cold in Cleveland and uh, Lake Effect snow is no joke. So, um, so I lived in Canton for seven years that, that, yeah. Yeah. And Canton's a little, you know, it's probably a little better, but not much. Five to 10 degrees warmer (laughs) down there. Uh, so, but, uh, but, you know, just a, you know, like I talked about uh, a little bit before is, you know, I'm at a different point, you know, I, you know, my wife and I, um, started a family later than, you know, um, you know, my, my mid mid thirties instead of, you know, uh, earlier in my life. So I've, I've grinded to the point where, um, you know, got my, myself to a great place. I think I'm, I'm in a great place professionally, but, you know, an opportunity to, you know, take a, you know, maybe, maybe a shift back on the workload that, you know, 150 live events a year working in, you know, uh, an organization like in Cleveland really? where, you know, you've got, you know, you got game, 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 you know, six nights out of the week and, you know, going to a place where you had nine home matches uh, was, you know, for me is, you know, I want to be part of, and you can do this and it's, it's a balance and a sacrifice, you know, family, you know, family uh, and work, but um, just being in a place where, you know, could kind of shift down at a, at a place where I think, you know, uh, it's really important to be around for your kids. Um, and that was, that was important 
in the factor just as much as, you know, the opportunity to go back to Atlanta, be part of something new. Like it just, it just was, it was really a perfect match of a lot of things professionally, but personally too. So great opportunity. Um, we ran out of coffee, uh, you know, before the season was over and, um, you know, and then it was about, you know, okay. Um, it's great. We're back in Atlanta. It was a great year and a half to be back, but where, where are we going next? And, right. and but, you know, having family in mind. And so, you know, me growing up, um, you know, in Indiana, my wife's from Syracuse, New York. So, um, and she doesn't want to go anywhere near that, uh, you know, from, from a now that's cold. So, so, you know, so here we are now in a place in a great city in Louisville, a great organization with Louisville city, um, and racing Louisville and a stadium and an academy and a brand new $16 million training facility that we're literally building right now as we speak, um, you know, and close to home, close to family. Um, but a, a place that, you know, um, you know, affords us a great family life as much as professional life. In a world where people are more aware and plugged in than ever, it's not enough to just have a great product. Consumers are looking for brands they can relate to. That's where Egghead Creative comes in. Everything they do is powered by deepening the connection with your brand. And every time you do business with them, they'll build a bespoke team of highly specialized creatives designed specifically around what you need. For more information, visit eggheadcreativestudio.com. That's E-G-G-H-E-A-D creativestudio.com. Or follow them on Instagram at eggheadcreativestudio. Now back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I've not spent a ton of time there, but the the little bit that I've been there, I mean, it's a great city. I mean, the climate is definitely a lot better than Cleveland. I mean, it still snows and gets cold, but it's, it, I think it's a lot more manageable. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, and I uh, love, there's a lot of great, you know, similarities between Louisville and Cleveland. It's a, it's a foodie town. It's, you yeah. know, a very, um, it's, it's a bigger place than it feels, you know, feels small town, you know, people yeah. felt like a, a nice, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a nice, nice, you know, place, but it, it still felt homey and, 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 and smaller than what it really was. And, you know, Louisville feels like that, you know, great arts, great outdoors, um, you know, you know, lots of, lots of great opportunities, uh, lots of different cultures here represented. Um, and it's, you know, it's in between, you know, North, South, East, West, you know, it's, it's great centrally located. We can, we can go down to Nashville, we can go over to Cincinnati or St. Louis or go up to Chicago yeah. or, you know, kind of where we want to get from here. We can, we can get there. Well, and those other um, jumps you made. So when you went to the Cavs, was that, did you just apply again on team line or was that more of a relationship? Yeah, that was a relationship. So um, Brad Sims, who was at the uh, NBA uh, at Teambow, for you know five years and known him for you know, probably 15 years or so uh he was he was our team bow rep when i was in atlanta um and he was leaving and um when he his last visit he's like hey you know let's uh, let's grab breakfast uh tomorrow morning you know before i go just want to you know catch up before you know before i head to cleveland and start start getting to work um uh, i should have known that you know what that breakfast was about uh, the, the breakfast was about trying to, he's like, Hey, we've got a great opportunity here. You know, we've always appreciated what you've done. Um, would love, you know, love to have you as part of this leadership team as we're building out something right here. And, um, he literally 
continued to call for over a year and I kept saying no. Um, and eventually we got to a point where, you know, it was good for me, right? Slow playing it because every time we call the position got a little bit bigger and a little bit wider. Um, and so for me, you know, waiting over that year, the, the role allowed me to, to go there and expand, um, outside of just being the group sales guy. Um, and, and so expanding into other roles, you know, developing talent, recruiting talent, doing all those great things, um, you know, selling, you know, packages, suites, you name it, um, and overseeing a lot more than, than what I was overseeing, you know, previously just in, uh, just in Atlanta. So the role expanded for me, allowed me to grow um, where, you know, I didn't think the opportunity was going to happen in Atlanta anytime soon. We had a great, you know, core leadership group there. Um, when I was there and, you know, a lot of people have been there for a long time. And so I didn't think there was going to be that opportunity for me to, to take on a wider role and, um, called a year later and, um, felt like it was the right time to make the move. How about your next, uh, Alliance and then back to Louisville? Was that, uh, was Alliance due to relationship or was that one that you just applied for as well? Yeah, it was. Um, so another, another team bow relationship plus uh, David Livingston who I'd worked with um, in Cleveland and knew and we played morning hoops together and, and had a pretty good relationship was there. So there were, there were quite a few people. And then there were some other um, guys I knew throughout the industry that were looking at it um, and asking me about it. And I'm like, well, if you guys all want to go, let's all, let's all go do this thing. And so, um, you know, there was a lot of relationships, a lot of, you know, people that I knew and, and kind of my network that were, um, kicking, kicking the idea around of, of maybe jumping at the opportunity. And, um, that's kind of how it, you know, kind of worked out. Um, so, um, just, yeah, it was, yeah, it all happened real fast too. Well, that's what I always tell people though, too. It's like, you never know who's going to be in what position in the future. And like your effort and results, they, they matter. Even if you're in a place you don't want to be right now. I mean, sitting there bitching and moaning about it isn't going to help anything. It's, it's, you know, producing, being the best that you can be because, you know, it is such a small industry um, when it comes down to it. Somebody knows somebody from just about every team, you know, there's, there's a connection there within one or two people. Yeah. Andrew. And I think the, your attitude during those times of adversity, I think is what, makes or breaks a lot of people's career in this industry you know i look things didn't always go smooth for me as a seller in atlanta right but if i would have you know worried about what everybody else was doing and sit and bitch about it instead of like controlling what i can control and what's in my control yeah yeah i'd be pissed for a minute but then i'd move on it's like okay fine i'm just gonna work that much harder to to overcome that and um there's so many people that were so talented that just let that eat at them um and ultimately, you know, right, that next opportunity, they're not even thought of um, because, yeah. of, because of how their, their attitude was. And you can control that. And then you can control how you, um, you know, see that adversity, how you handle that adversity, and how you move on. And um, a lot of people, you know, struggle there. Yeah, no, I agree. What, um, with your role now, what, what do you kind of focus on day to day? I mean, sales and marketing is pretty broad. I mean, are you pretty much overall revenue and... Yeah. Um, everything marketing. Yeah. We just, um, we just added a new, um, HR manager this week and, and we sat down and she's like, I want to sit down with you first. Cause kind of 
you know, most of the people here kind of dial into you uh, in the organization. So, you know, all revenue generation, whether it's sponsorship, um, you know, sponsorship, naming rights, um, you know, ticket sales, premium, um, all of that, uh, all of our marketing and content creation. So we did, um, you know, the brand rollout, Racing Louisville, oversaw that project and, and kind of got it to completion. Um, anything we're doing from a brand standpoint, part, social media, um, marketing promotions, game, running the game, game entertainment on game day for our 5,000 fans that actually can come to a game, uh, you know, right now, uh, we're doing that. And then uh, communications, so all of our public relations for the club. Uh, and community relations, all uh, graphic design, all role. How big is the team then that you manage? Um, you've got about, you've got about 20. Damn, good size. Total. Yeah, if the 20 of the 30, I think there's 34 total. Um, okay. it's, it's, we've added so many, so many people and I'd have to, I'd have to add that up. But <laughs> I think that's, I think that's pretty accurate or pretty close to what it looks like. No, that's. I saw that you posted something on LinkedIn with SeatGeek. Are, is that your ticket platform that you guys use or is that just like a partnership that you guys have? Yeah, it is. So we were, um, we were one of SeatGeek's original um, enterprise clients. So one of the first teams they ever worked with um, to run ticketing on the team side. And uh, that was three or four years ago um, when we entered into that. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, since then, they've expanded tremendously, um, added a ton of MLS teams, you know, international, um, you know, as well as their, their concert product has really expanded. So um, relationship, Jeff Ionello and I uh, go way back from NBA days. He was in Phoenix and that team Bo and, and knew him and I knew he was there at SeatGeek and um, said, hey, we're, we're expanding and, and we're looking for a great partner to expand with us and, and really to, you know, look at um, the ticketing experience, make it seamless, um, you know, not only for the fan, but for the, for the club. And we've got, you know, Louisville City Soccer, you know, team. We've got Lynn Family Stadium, which we're going to get into live events, hopefully in 21 if, you know, people start touring again and we can go back to a little bit of normalcy. Um, and then we've got racing, racing Louisville, um, you know, coming in WSL in 2021. So we're expanding and we want, you know, we want a partner who wants to expand with us. And, and, um, they were, they were great. We, we, we very quickly, you know, got to a five year, five year extension, um, nice. that, that will encompass the stadium and everything else. And, and we've, it's been done for a little bit, but, um, over the last couple of months, they've been working on some things. We've been working on some things. So we, yeah. we were able to finally announce it this week. And I'm really excited about um, the next five years. Is that years. naming rights or is it? No, it's just, okay. you know, the ticketing platform. And then they also uh, took the naming rights of our, our ticket offices. So they have, gotcha. you know, the SeatGeek ticket office. Um, and then, you know, some other digital assets that they're going to they're gonna have um, in relationship with us. I like their platform. I, I was, when I was with the Fredericksburg Nationals, um, I went through a bunch of demos with them because we were looking at uh, switching over. Yeah. And so when I got there, we were switching from Glitner to tickets.com and then the seat geek thing came about. So um, I, I really liked it. I was all for it. I, yeah. I recommended we, we, we go with seat geek cause the system was very user friendly. And I mean, I didn't get into it. So I don't know all the, the little, 
couple corks here and there, but you know, from three or four um, sessions, I was like, man, this is, this is solid. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was, that was important for us too. And, I, and I've, I've been, you know, I've, I've worked with Ticketmaster, I've worked with Access, I've worked, um, you know, now SeatGeek, um, trying to think of what other platform, you know, Pacquiola and like been part of all these, all these different platforms and, you know, they're on the back end. there's a lot of similarities and, and some are, you know, I guess more user friendly on the back end than the front end, but it's really about the fan. Right. And if it can do the functionality that we need it to do and um, Siki can do that, obviously, for us, really good and reporting and, and kind of the, the back end infrastructure is very strong. But from a customer standpoint, you know, the digital platform, you know, works well. Um, the ability, you know, to go on and buy tickets works well for the customer. And then the resale platform obviously works very well for the customer. So all those things. And, you know, when we announced the partnership, you know, our fans jumped in and been like, wow, that's, it's been great. It's great to use. So easy to use. So glad this is continuing. And it was great to see that, you know, what we thought uh, the fans echoed uh, when the announcement was made and made those comments, um, you know, on the post. So it was good. Yeah, that's good. Do you um, guys use any other like technology or software to kind of help move the needle on the sales side, be more efficient as well? Yeah, we're using um, a platform that used to be called Humble, but now it's MVP Index uh, quite a bit. And we do a lot of, um, you know, data mining through there um, to, you know, build a database and do a lot of our social media targeting um, and ad spend through there directly. And, and it's plugged into our database so it can, you know, figure out lookalikes and, and target those pretty efficiently. Um, and there's a local company, um, El Toro, that does some digital targeting that is, they do some really uh, creepy stuff, which is kind of <laughs> cool. It's like, yeah, we can tell you where someone is in a building, like, you know, by their cell phone. It's like, it's pretty wild. It's like, Man, like if you wanted scary. to target, you know, if, if, all right, we want to target who's doing legs at Planet Fitness, you know, today. Like, we could literally, okay, what's the makeup of the building? They could target that row of leg machines, you know, in the building. It's 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 pretty wild how they can how they can fence and, and target people specifically and the people we're looking for. We we did a campaign where we actually went after, um, you know, people in the neighborhood and neighbors of our season ticket holders. Um, you know, they probably see, you know, this, them talk about it all the time and maybe have thought about coming to a match and we targeted those and it was really that successful. Technology is course. amazing. Yeah. So it was super successful and, um, you know, we're doing a lot of, a lot of stuff and they bring a ton of new ideas to the, to the table all the time for us. Are you still, you know, with your such broad role, I mean, are you still involved in, um, kind of the day to day from a, a sales standpoint, like, are you out selling as well? And then, you know, do you have directors or other leaders underneath you as well to help drive the ticket, ticket department or partnership people? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, you know, I've got a leader in each, each space um, that kind of runs the day to day, but you know, I help, I'm, a, I'm in the weeds on everything, whether it's, you know, we were out filming a new commercial for uh, racing Louisville this week. Uh, I was out there, you know, helping and, and doing whatever I can, mostly messing stuff up and, 
and, and annoying people. Stay um, out of the way. Yeah, I try to stay out of the way as much as possible, but you know, even that, right? And now, you know, with um, you know, we've got a lot of big conversations going on on the sponsorship side that you know I'm I'm super involved in those. Um, you know, super involved later today on 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 a, um, some other projects that we're going to do hopefully for, with the stadium. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I just you know I. I I like being in the weeds. Uh, I like being hands-on. I like to know yeah. what's going on. I think it's it's good for me to be there because um, <clears throat> it helps me lead all the way all the way down to the front lines. Um, see that you know what they're dealing with on a daily basis, the conversations, and then knowing how to um, support them um, and put the company in the right position for decisions. Tell me about the stadium. Was that um, so? You came in, you've been there about a year or so, right? So yep. it, the stadium just opened. Stadium opened, yep. We so how was, that, in April. how was that process just like from a sales standpoint? I mean, I was in similar situation in, in Virginia where we were building a new stadium for baseball. And um, when I got there, the guys had a lot of they, – they were having trouble selling because the stadium, it was, it was all dirt. There was no – it wasn't, yeah. you know – and so I had to help them overcome some of the, the issues they, they had in their mind. Um, and once they did, then, you know, was able to blow up. And then as soon as the stadium got closer and closer, the excitement was building and, um, you know, able to sell out a signage and some other stuff pretty quickly. How was it in Louisville? Yeah. I mean, this has been, you know, over the last three to four years has been, has been a really good, um, you know, business operation, um, you know, from a, from a support standpoint, but I think it starts with this organization has been super involved in the community, um, and feels like it's a, a community asset. Um, so the stadium itself, um, you know, came up super quick. I mean, it was, you know, literally announced it and, and, and two years later here, here it is. Um, it's, um, they were they were already in a great place with with ticket sales. I think I think um, you know coming even at the baseball stadium, you know having over six thousand season ticket holders uh, at the baseball stadium. Uh, we're playing at Slugger Field. Um, already had good support, so the the transition was really good. Um, I think the biggest thing that I that I helped. Um, and I'm still trying to do help the organization is understanding we're not the we're not the team that plays in the baseball stadium anymore, um, and we don't have to get bullied around by people. Uh, <laughs> we've got a great we've got a great product, and we got to think bigger um, than you know the little team that you know uh, five years ago started started playing in soccer in the middle of the baseball infield. So um, I think those are the those are the things. So there's you know small things that you know, that we've done that have made huge impacts, uh, but it's just changing the lens of, of how we're looking at it. We, you know, I came in, we were about, we were about 6,000 season ticket holders when I got here. We ended up, we were, we we're going to be at 9,000 pre-COVID, um, you know, yeah, going into solid. the new stadium. So it looked great. We were on pace to, um, with everything else, the way groups were projecting out, with the way single game tickets were projecting out, we were looking at, we were probably going to sell out almost every game um, of the season. So it was, I mean, things were just, just cruising. Um, sponsorship was in a great place. Um, you know, going into April 11th when we were supposed to open the venue and then, you know, COVID hit. So we, uh, 
stadium was delayed and we ended up opening in July, um, which was a wild experience. You know, you, you navigate, uh, what's the league going to do? What's the, you know, what are your state health officials going to let you do? And we were fortunate enough, we were able to come back to market and, um, we were approved to go up to 50% capacity, but you know, when you put in the distance guidelines, uh, six feet and you dress the house, it, you really only get to, we were only to get, yeah, we were only able to get to 30%. Um, capacity. Because so. your was your home opener. That was on ESPN or it was on TV, right? Because I, yeah. I thought I was watching it. Yeah, I wanted to we, check out the stadium. I thought the stadium looked great. So yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful building. Um, just immaculate. Fine. Right details. off the highway. Right off the highway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's great. Uh, it's it's amazing venue. Seventy five million dollar privately funded. Um, what's really cool is that you know as as the stadium sits on about 11 acres um, we have about 30 more acres around the stadium that uh, we're going to develop and you know there's going to be you know a whole you know stadium district here you know over the next five ten years that's going to build up around the stadium and just going to have so much surrounding it um, there in Butchertown neighborhood. How do you kind of keep your staff like kind of motivated and like positive kind of when all of this uncertainty and like just like all this stuff out of our control, out of your control, like, you know, cause I'm sure that, you know, it's, you know, part of the staff is, is probably entry level, you know, on the, the sales side. Um, you know, how do you kind of keep them all focused on the, the prize? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, through this, we have built some great, um, loyalty with the, with our, with our staff, um, and, 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 and I guess um, faith in the leadership team and the ownership group. Um, we did not furlough a single uh, team member during during COVID. Nice. We worked we worked from home for two months. Uh, um, us and the executive leadership team took cuts to make sure that didn't happen. Um, and you know it was tough. I mean, there were days where it's like we're going to do a sales team huddle this morning. What can I literally tell them? Besides, <laughs> uh, so read a new read a new book, and I mean, literally, you can't make a can't make a sales call right now. Um, but we we did a lot of we did a lot of things uh, and created a lot of marketing content, which created a lot of buzz. Instead of packing it up and just going dark, you know, over that time, we we went and we did a lot of things. We uh, first thing we did is we called every sponsor and we called every season ticket holder and we thanked them for everything they'd done for us. And we got, you know, it felt good for the staff. And it felt good for the fans um, said, Hey, we're thinking about you. Um, we're going to get through this. We got a lot of unanswered questions, but um, you know, we're thinking about you and, and we appreciate you. And um, we can't wait to, you know, throw that big party once, once all this is over at the, you know, at the stadium. So um, <clears throat> we did that. We, we then did um, over 600 hours community service uh, the next nice. couple months. So we would show up, we'd clean up a park, we would, you know, trying to do it in the most, um, you know, the safest way with a pandemic and a, and, a, <laughs> and a virus spreading rapidly across the country. But we did over 600 hours of community service each of the next two months. And, you know, I think, you know, everyone, everyone would show up and they were kind of excited because they got out of their house and they got to see everybody and off of a Zoom call. And, right. um, it, we built a lot of really good, um, 
you know, camaraderie amongst the team. And, and, and it was great for us over those next couple of months. And then we came back, um, you know, into June back in the office and okay. we, we had a, you know, we had word from the league, we were coming back to market to play and then we started playing games. And so at that, at that point, um, it was business as usual as usual as you can be, uh, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, and we launched the NWSL, uh, branding, the racing Louisville. We, we put that together. We were working on, working on that for several months, um, to get that out. And then we went on sale and we, you know, we sold over 3000 season tickets already for, for them next year. So from a sales team, they're pretty motivated. They just sold 3000 new season tickets, uh, you know, for a team that, you know, doesn't even have a player yet. Uh, but we know they're coming next year and going to play in the NWSL. We're really excited about joining that league. Yeah, that's going to be great. I mean, that's great for Louisville. And I mean, you guys got a beautiful stadium. Now, when you need to add staff, check out um, my free agent Friday series, because there's a lot of good people that have lost their jobs due to COVID. And, you know, I don't know if you saw any of them, but there's, there's short little interviews that I do. And, uh, you know, I know, I think there was one that uh, interviewed with you. Um, I don't remember. Samantha. There was a couple, uh, Samantha, but there was somebody else from, uh, I think she was with the Spurs. Um, I want to say her name's like Myra, maybe. Or oh, Meaden. Yeah, Meaden yeah. Zubalaga. Yeah, we hired her. Yeah, okay. she's here. Okay, great. Sweet. She's on staff. We're, we're excited to have her. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, there's I some wish... really good, there's some good candidates in there. So I'm glad to see that she got um, uh, a position. I know she had uh, sent me a message that she was going to be interviewing. So. That was maybe a month ago or so. Yeah, I'm pushing, you know, we're, we're going through budgets for next year and I'm pushing to try to add, add to the, the, the sales team right now so I can get some of these people off, uh, off the free agent list, you know, quickly <laughs> yeah. uh, before everybody else there are, there's, you know, it's sad. Um, it breaks my heart, you know, kind of what some people had to go, go through. Um, yeah. You know, we've been, we've been fortunate here in Louisville, but I know, you know, a lot of people haven't and um you know they're feel free you know to have them reach out to me and anything i can do to help and yeah. i've been trying to i've been trying to support you know especially locally they're you know the bats and a lot of their staff they're down to like four you know four staff members and i've, I've talked to quite a few of them and, and trying to help them out as much as i can yeah uh, the ones that you know are looking to you know find that next thing what do you think next year is going to look like for you guys? I mean, you know, how is it in Kentucky there? Is it, I mean, do you think that you'll be full capacity next year or has there been any kind of indication on anything? Yeah. I, there's still a lot of unknowns. Um, how's this thing going to, you know, going to react when it gets colder and people go back indoors and, and we don't have as much outdoor activity. Um, so we don't know what we do know. Um, is we're, we're going to plan um, like it's more normal than, than what we have now. Uh, yeah. We're in the, you know, we're in the height of COVID-19 in our country. And we've had, start with Saturday, we'll have nine matches with fans, um, you know, since, since July. And so we know uh, what protocols to put in place. We've not had any, you know, contact tracing back to a massive spread because of people who've been in our matches. Um, you know, I feel safer at a Louisville city match than I do at the grocery store. Uh, I just do. Yeah. And, 
you know, we've, we've strictly enforced uh, the rules um, to make sure people stay safe. And our league, from a USL standpoint, very risky to go back to markets, um, you know, to return to markets to play. But um, I think we've done a phenomenal job. I think we had a, you know, very good plan to return to markets. And I think, you know, we, you know, we've, we've kind of laid it all out there for other, you know, other teams and leagues to be able to, you know, to put the protocols in place to, to make sure fans are safe and, and they can come out um, to sporting events. Um, I would see us easily being able to um, run a full season next season. Uh, nice. How many fans don't know. Um, we, you know, we'll adjust once we, once we know what, you know, what the pandemic looks like. Um, but I, I would, I would say that our, you know, our league would be able to come back um, and run up as normal of a season as you can. Um, our players are, you know, being very disciplined, true professionals. They want to, you know, they want to play the game they love. They've, they've taken this very seriously um, to keep themselves and their family safe. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm very impressed of, of how it's worked out. There's, you know, July 12th, I had no idea what to expect uh, as we're open. We're opening a stadium for the first time, you know, That's brand new, brand, brand yeah. new venue. I'm a new guy in town. I, I only had one match at the old place, you know, and it was, you know, and it was, you know, unique in itself. And here we are opening this building. We know nothing about uh, to fans um, in the middle of. Uh, I think, hey, but you get to work out the kinks with less than 10,000 people. So it, it, it you know, lets you uh, better position your guys' um, self in the future. I mean, yeah. it sucks, but. Yeah, but it's, it's, been, it's been great. It's, um, you know, somebody had to be first to do it and, you know, yeah. proud to be there. And, you know, I've talked to, you know, several, several other teams, like how in the world did you guys do it? And I was like, well, here's our 70 page plan. That's how much right. detail went into actually, you know, every, everything that we're doing. Um, and I've shared that with, with multiple teams, um, you know, through multiple leagues and, and hopefully we can all um, take that and, and, and put it to best Work, use yeah. for each of us and, and, and get, that's you know, the get key. Back. Get us back. I mean, I think sports <laughs> does a lot for the communities. So, and you know, the communities that are really hurting are these small and mid-sized markets that, you know, these teams are part of the community and, you know, they're not major league. So they, they need, you know, fan support. So it's good. Last question for you. I know that, uh, you know, we're, we're running out of time is so like where or what is kind of your, you know, uh, dream job or like, you know, what is, what are your career goals? You know, um, you know, you've, you've been rising up the ranks, you know, steadily, you've got some great experience under your belt, you know, what's kind of that dream gig retirement. <laughs> no, nah, man, you, you sound too much like me, man. I don't, I don't buy it. You're never going to retire. You, no. you, you need it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. I know. I, you know, I, you know, that dream job has been the last, you know, 20 years of doing this. Um, you know, honestly, I've, I've been living out my dream job, you know, being from, a, you know, a kid who was, who was nearly homeless, you know, growing up and, and now um, working in this industry, which is the, the best, best industry to work in and, and impacting um, and creating opportunities for others uh, to be able to do it uh, has been, has been the dream job. Um, yeah. You know, the, 
the countless number of people who are now in leadership roles, you know, that I helped mentor and, and, um, you know, help along the way or start somebody's career. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's dream job material, you know, since, since the early days of doing those things. Yeah. So. It's real rewarding to see, you know, the staff grow and, you know, people that you've helped mentor and train and grind. Uh, it's cool to see. So one of my favorite parts of the business, but I, I like that. I mean, I, and I always tell, I tell my kids, this is, you know, find something that you enjoy, you know, as a career, because then you're never going to feel like you work. So, you know, I, I've never sat down and counted my hours of how many hours I work. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Like, honestly, I just, I love working in sports. I love working in sales, marketing. Um, so for me, it's, I don't think I've dreaded waking up and having to work, you know, since I was yeah. 19. So. Yeah, agree. I agree. It's, um, you know, it's special. And, and the relationships that you make along the way are very special. Um, and, and I value all those. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, that, you know, some of my closest friends that I've, that I've worked with or, or that's been a part of this journey. And, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's great to have those relationships and, and carry those, um, you know, throughout your career. So young people out there, listen to what Mitch and I say. <laughs> those relationships are key. You know, your effort is key. You can control your effort. So, um, now I want to thank you, Mitch, for for joining me. It's it's been fun to kind of watch um, through LinkedIn, and you know it's it's good to finally you know chat, and hopefully we can continue to chat in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Anything I can do to help you, please let me know. Hey, podcast fans, thanks for listening to today's episode of The Andrew Haynes Show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.